When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is time. Bold predictions are officially back for the 2023 season. We were going to do this in person, but it's a rainy August. Tim May, the 40-year veteran on the other side of that screen. Andy Backstrom on the other side of that screen. I am Spencer Holbrook. Fellas, it is great to be back in the captain's chair, doing some bold predictions, doing it with you guys. Let's let's get into it. Uh, Tim, we're not going to waste any time because this is huge. Uh, season-long bold prediction number one for Ohio State goes to the man covering this team for the 40th year. What is your first bold prediction for this team for 2023, Tim? Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Uh, the Ohio State quarterbacks who had Zippo, zero, nil, nil interceptions in 2022 will have at least six in this season. And those they may have six by midseason uh there's going to be ripe opportunities in the opening games especially when they play western kentucky to have a pick or two or three uh that is my bold prediction the quarterbacks will uh will step back boldly into the interception column andy you're up that's a hard act to follow uh tim but i think i agree with you there that's a, that's a good one to start with and andy now i guess you have to follow it up andy I have a couple individual picks, and the first one I'll go with is Cade Stover will finish with more than 45 catches. I have him breaking the single-season Ohio State record for tight ends. It's currently held um, at 37, I believe it was set in 1995. So, look, I, I think at this point it's going to be featured around the pass, even if Ryan Day wants to say that the run is going to be balanced. I think at some point in the season it's just going to shift back to being pass-oriented. And I think that a tight end is a first-year quarterback's best friend. We've seen a lot of Jelani Thurman over the middle of the field. I don't think it's going to be Jelani Thurman for the first-team reps during the actual games. So I do think it's going to be Cade Stover. And the way he's kind of fixed his body to be more of a receiving tight end, he just looks slimmer. He looks more athletic. He looks like someone that could have a season like that. And he's been running routes against safeties and corners and one-on-ones. He's been running with the skilled players all summer. I just feel like he's fit enough and at this point experienced enough to have a season like that. Wow, that's a, that's a bold prediction. 45 catches for Kate Stover, despite all of the talent in that wide receiver room. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Both of you guys started out pretty bold. Uh, I'm going to go even bolder, um, and it'll probably give a little bit of a hint toward my next, toward my prediction for the end of this show. Um, I think Ohio State's going to win every conference game by double digits. I think this team is better than Penn State, and I don't trust James Franklin coming to Columbus. I don't know how realistic it is to expect Michigan to just run it back for a third straight year and win the Big Ten again. I think uh, Michigan not winning the Big Ten would require Ohio State to win in Ann Arbor. And if Ohio State is up in Ann Arbor in the fourth quarter, I got news for you fellas. Ryan Day's not going to just be happy with a one-score win. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be happy with a three-point win if he's got the ball. He's not that. You're not going to take a knee. It's not going to happen. I'm just telling you. And so I I think this team reminds me a lot of 2019 
in a lot of different ways, question mark at tackle. Uh, you've got questions on the defense, but it's a defense that returns a lot that underperformed the year before. You've got a new quarterback who people are a little underwhelmed with, no matter who it is, Justin Fields, they were underwhelmed with him before the season. You've got a running back that's going into his junior season that had an underwhelming 20, uh, sophomore season, but could be an All-American. Does any of that sound familiar? Well, it's not 2019, it's 2023. And so I think this team is absolutely poised to prove a lot of people right and to prove a lot of people wrong, I'm going to stand by it. I don't, I think the toughest challenge of the season comes September 23rd at Notre Dame. And I, I think that this team is going to shut a lot of people up uh, who have high hopes for the other two beasts of the East in the big 10. It, it's, it's bold predictions for a reason. We don't keep score, whether they come true or not, but if this one does come true, I'll probably end up taking a victory lap in December. But that's my bold prediction. I'm sticking to it, Tim. Number two. For you, me. Know, you know, uh, listening to your bold prediction reminded me of an underwater camera of a duck going across the pond. He was paddling hard, man. You were paddling hard to sell that bold prediction. Uh, I think they won every game in the conference last year by double digits, didn't they? Except the except the, uh, the game. Yeah. So I'm not sure really how bold that is, except for the fact that they're going to win the game by double digits. So, But, yes. Uh, I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, I was going to say uh, uh, snakes don't have pots, but if they did, that would be the knee. That's what I was thinking of when you said take a knee uh, from Waterboy, one of the great quotes ever. I paraphrased it. My number two uh, bold prediction, number two, but that's just in the fact in the order in which I'm bringing it, maybe number one, Carnell Tate will, will emerge as a freshman All-American uh, on wherever freshman All-Americans are determined. He will emerge as a freshman All-American by season's end, which is when they're <laughs> which is when they're named anyway, and that's why uh, with Andy's bold prediction about 45 catches for the tight end Cade Stover, I think he's going to have a hard time getting 45 targets. Uh, that's no offense, Andy, but uh, this wide receiver room is no joke. The way they're going to spread it out, the way they're going to have maybe at times have Marvin Harrison Jr. in the slot, uh, right on down the line. So I'm going with Carnell Tate uh, rising to become recognized as a freshman All-American. Heck, maybe even better than that. Who knows? Andy, did he take your second prediction? You said you had an individual, and I hope he didn't take it. No, I'm actually going back to the corners. I think that of the th top three corners, Denzel Berg, Jordan Hancock, and Davidson Igbenosin. I think Davis and Newton Rosen is going to have the best season of the three. And that's not to say the other two won't play well. I think Denzel Burke is, you know, primed to have a pretty good season. I hope that Jordan Hancock can stay healthy. But I just think that Davis and Newton Rosen is going to really make a big breakout season this year. I, I just think that the length that he offers, there's a reason why he's wearing number one. He wants to be Jeff Okuda. Hopefully, you know, have a better pro career than, than Jeff Okuda's had so far, even though he has bounced back a little bit. But still, the length that he offers on the outside, I think, is really intriguing. I do think he compliments Denzel. I, I do think that like he would be someone that could start on the opposite side. I know right now Jordan Hancock is in that spot. All three are going to play clearly, but I just think that at the end of the day, I think he's someone that has the experience. He wasn't perfect last year, but he had 10 starts under his belt in the best conference in the country. And I think that when you're looking at that, that's prime for a breakout year too. And uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do because I do think he's going to be on the field a lot. This yeah, season. I've I've liked this guy since I almost bumped into him on the sidewalk when he was coming into the Woody Hayes 
Athletic Center when he first showed up at Ohio State. And I want the reason I'm just jumping in there, Spence, real quick is the other reason I like the Ohio State corners to have minimum six interceptions or this year is because they are going to mix it up with with uh, zone coverage along with man to man coverage. And a lot of these picks are going to come in that zone area uh, or that zone realm. And that's uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly uh, with my friend Andy Backstrom. Uh, that uh, one of the great uh, uh, exploiters of this new look defense is going to be Davis Enigbanosin because he just has a he has certain something about him, man. I think y'all all agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, Jim Knowles said he's one of the best cover guys in camp, and then yeah. Mark Harrison was just talking the other day about how he gives him, you know, a really good fight in practice, and and he's checking him quite. I think all these guys respect him clearly. Yeah, I think I think that's right, Tim. Davis and Igbenosin, that's a great pick, Andy. Uh, Tim goes falls right in line with yours. Uh, I'm going to go back over to the offense for my second bold prediction. I think uh, three Ohio State receivers have at least 700 receiving yards. Um, I know that is not- one of those caged over. No, I don't think it is, but I think that's <laughs> I, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. If if he's healthy, he's getting there. It's not a question. Obviously, Emeka Ibuka is getting there. It's not a question. The question is, does it get distributed enough to the other guys to get one of them there? And I'm telling you, go ahead and and talk about Carnell Tate, and I completely understand why you would. But Julian Fleming is not somebody that we can just gloss over. And that's not an indi- that's not talking to any of you either of you two. This show has been not pro Julian Fleming, but just kind of telling people that Julian Fleming will be on the field more than Carnell Tate. He will. And as long as he's healthy, Julian Fleming is going to remind people what made him the number one wide receiver in the country. He is very fast. I rewatched the Georgia game yesterday because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, uh, according to Ohio State fans, I'm sure. I watched the entire game. I don't know if a receiver played better start to finish and only because Marvin Harrison couldn't play start to finish. I don't know if the receiver played better than Julian Fleming. He is a very, very good blocker on the edge for Ohio State. He is somebody who they can utilize in those uh, downfield screen games where they, you know, run the uh, the jailbreak to him, but it's five or 10 yards down the field. They love that play with Julian Fleming. He beat, uh, you know, an Iowa corner deep on a long touchdown, the longest touchdown pass of CJ Stroud's career. Like these are all things that Julian Fleming can do. And you have to be able to do everything in Brian Hartline's offense. If Julian Fleming is healthy, he will have at least 700 receiving yards. And I guess that's where the bold prediction is. We already know the other two will as long as they're healthy. But I, I think that Julian Fleming is primed for a big breakout, and it's going to give Ohio State another weapon on the outside that teams have to deal with, especially yeah. because if teams are focusing so hard on Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka, the opportunities will be there for, for number four. Yeah, it bothered me in Ohio State's last possession. They didn't try to get the ball to Julian Fleming you know, on that last possession against Georgia and that slant, the second down slant uh, attempt to uh, Xavier Johnson went awry. I'm not sure who would have been the primary receiver on the third down play where C.J. Stroud had to scramble and throw the ball away. But uh, I agree with you on your assessment of his play against Georgia, and I think he's exuding confidence right now. I think y'all agree with that. Uh, I think he feels about as physically fit as he's ever felt and that included him playing a lot more last year than ever before but uh uh yeah Julian Fleming is not to be slept on bottom line is you can become a freshman all-american wide receiver and have 30 catches you know what I mean so I'm just 
people are going to be wowed by Carnell Tate when he gets on the field, just like they were in the spring game with that touchdown. Uh, he's going to have some wild plays. And that's how you become a freshman All-American. Yeah. It's a, like a knock-knock who's there, Carnell Tate. So, uh, But I agree with you about Julian Fleming. There's a, a lot of guys that, man, that can make this team so much different from a year ago. And Carnell, you know, Julian Fleming is one of them that's been slept on, I think, by a lot of people. Davis Nigbenosa, new to see, so to speak. Uh, I think these are all pretty good picks. Andy? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Spencer. I think that 700 is definitely achievable for three guys there. I mean, they had two 1,000-yard wide receivers last year, and then in 2021, they almost had three 1,000-yard receivers. And I know C.J. Stroud isn't the quarterback, but this is still the same offense. You still have the same staff leading this group, and I think that, you know, whoever's the quarterback, we talk so much about it, but I, I do think <laughs> – There you go. Yeah, but I, I do think the numbers are going to be really high again. Yeah. I, I just do. I, unless the offensive line caves in through injury, like I'm pretty confident in the group they have right now. Uh, I'm a little bit eager to see Josh Simmons at left tackle because we haven't seen him there before. But I think that that group will be fine unless injuries damage them. And so at that point, I'm confident in either quarterback to put up big numbers. So I think that pick by Spencer makes a lot of sense. And the other but, thing, I, I agree with you, Tim. I think Carnell Tate – I don't see a season where he's putting up like 50 to 60 receptions, but I do think he can still make a huge impact. In yeah. games. But are we as bold as we think we are when none of us three with two picks each picked not only who's going to be the starting quarterback, but what is, what his stats are going to be? Are we timid? How would you describe us as a group? I think it's reckless to name us to, for any, either, even us, like, I understand now doing this for five years, Tim, you've done it for 40. Like there are things that, that we say that, you know, not carry weight, but the fan base listens. And and yeah. I understand our role. We're not, you know, part of the program, but there are times where you say something and you have to, you have to know that the fan base is going to hear you say that. I think right now at this point in this quarterback competition, it is reckless to try to name a starting quarterback, because if you name one, you are almost, joining those tribes and picking a side. And if it's as close as Ryan Day says it is, which you know me, I was not in that camp the entire offseason. I am in that camp now, and I, I did an offensive depth chart projection. Wait, wait a minute. Welcome, welcome to the camp. Go ahead now, Spence. I did an offensive depth chart projection on Tuesday, and I refused to pick a starting quarterback because it's. I think it's folly right now to do so. I think it's a little reckless to do so. And I, I just, like, I'm going to listen to what Ryan Day is saying and, and take that and let this thing play out. And that's why I have bold predictions aside from the quarterbacks, because I just don't think it's correct for any of us right now in the media to be talking about who's going to be the starter if the information, all the information we're being given says, do not do that yet. You know, what's interesting is, though, is Ryan Day almost paraphrasing what I've been saying all along. And and I think he felt this way, uh, too. So the only reason I would go out on a limb they can win with either one of these guys, Devin Brown or Kyle McCord, whoever ends up being the starter. That's not like I like you and I talked about a long time ago. And Andy, their number one question mark going into preseason camp was their offensive line, especially right tackle. I think they've gotten that figured out by moving the right tackle to the left tackle and vice versa. I think they can win with Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. And uh, you always always the most important decision. A, a, a head coach makes is who is your starting quarterback don't uh don't misunderstand me there but I think both of these guys are quite capable and I think the team feels that way and so does the coaching staff is 
as is, you know, unless they're all lying to us. So I'm with you on that. Andy, what, what's your take? Do you, do you think it's, I don't know. Do you agree? Do you think it's a little reckless to talk which quarterback is going to start? I don't think reckless is the right word. I don't, I don't think it's (laughs) reckless. I, I just think that like, I see what you're saying. Like all the information we've been given, it's, it's a close race. I totally believe it. I think it's genuine. Um, you know, maybe at this point he knows because we haven't talked to him since the beginning of the week. But I do think that I believe both are going to play week one. And I, just from everything we've been told at this point, I don't see how that separation could be created in what five, six days. Uh, I'm excited if we do get to see both play. I don't think that's a bad thing for Ohio State. I actually think it's a good thing. And I think that they both can win for this team. Uh, I guess if you're trying to like find a way to have a bold prediction out of this, like I think they could both be Heisman candidates. I will say just the nature of the word of the award and the way it's gone the last like decade. I do think that Devin Brown would have a better chance of winning the award just because they can both run. But I do think that Devin Brown's probably a better runner than the, uh, than Kyle McCord. Now that's not a reason why you name a starter. You don't name a guy because he could win the Heisman over the other. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if we're trying to like think of ways to make a bull prediction out of it, I would say Devin Brown's probably more suited to win that kind of award. Uh, doesn't mean. Here's a bold wish. I would love to see both of them play, especially against Indiana, especially against Youngstown State, and especially against Western Kentucky. I would love to see both of them play. And I keep reminding people, the last time Ohio State played a game at Notre Dame in 1996, John Cooper played two quarterbacks in that game, Stanley Jackson and Joe Germain. And they won that game by double digits. So uh, this idea that you can't play two quarterbacks uh, you know, whoever came up with that uh, that little uh, bromide uh, hasn't paid attention. I think you do have to finally settle on a guy to be your team leader, to be your quarterback of, quote, record. But this idea that you can't go to Notre Dame, for example, and not play and, and be uh, uh, restrained to playing just one quarterback, I think is ridiculous because I've seen it actually happen. Uh, I, the pressure – I don't think there's a pressure to name a starting quarterback. The pressure is, as Ryan Day laid it out, for one of these guys to take that job and run with it. But if the other guy's doing exactly the same thing, you know, he's also running with it. Pardon the pun, Andy, uh, alluding to what you were talking about. How do you pick them? Well, you pick them by how they play on the field, in games, when it's live, when they are part of the live uh, the live audience, which is they can be tackled. So uh, this idea that they have to have a bonafide dyed-in-the-wool starter by the Indiana game that a lot of people have come up with, I think is folly. I completely – and this isn't a quarterback show. We're getting ready to do CFP. I know. Things, but Sorry. I, can, I, can, I will tell you this might be bold. I completely disagree. I think you have to have one by Notre Dame. But that's a story that we can talk about Monday, Tuesday, and leading up to the Notre Dame. I just gave you historical precedent. Go ahead now. Well, 30 years ago doesn't really matter in this quarterback competition, but – We'll see. We'll see. Uh, fellas, now it's time to get real bold. Uh, you thought we were bold before. Let's get uh, bolder, more bold, bolder, boldest. Who's the boldest of them all, of us three? We are here to prognosticate, to be Nostradamus. Who are going to be the four teams? And I don't care about matchups. Don't, don't one, two, three, four me. Just give me the four teams. And then give me your national champion because I need to know. Oh, really? I didn't know where we went to the national champion part. I I need to know college football playoff picks. I, I gotta know. 
Yeah. Nostradamus. Uh, I just hope I'm not Prigozhin, but that's another Russian story for another day. Um, my four to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, Urban Meyer, people say what they want about Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer knows football. I've, I've got Texas in my final four. I've got Southern Cal with the defending Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, in my final four. I've got Georgia in my final four because I think Carson Beck has a chance to take Georgia to places offensively that uh, Stetson Bennett couldn't get to, except Stetson Bennett won games and won two straight national championships. And I've got Ohio State. I think this is a better Ohio State team. I wonder if you all agree or not. Maybe in a lot of regards, maybe much better because of, the, I think, the rise of the defense this year or the re-rise, whatever you want, the renaissance of the defense. I think Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten, uh, is going to go undefeated uh, through the Big Ten and uh, win the, the championship game of the, for the conference and go to the Final Four again. Andy, uh, wait a second. Wait a second. Tim, who's winning it? Oh, I haven't. I thought we were going to use that for the next bowl prediction. But, uh, fellas, I'm 69. I'm sticking around a little bit, you know. And uh, one of the things is I've just – I've had a feeling about this Ohio State team ever since last year ended because I knew they were going to get better on defense. I And I'm just justifying the fact uh, I think they're going to be definitely good enough on offense. Uh, um, I'm picking Ohio State to to run the table. Andy? Yeah, uh, I've got Ohio State in my Final Four as well. I've got Georgia as well. Uh, then I got Florida State and Washington. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I think that we're not getting two SEC teams. I'm not confident in Alabama. Uh, I, I don't know if, if Tommy Reese is the right choice there to offense coordinator. I also just don't really get the quarterback situation there. It, it seems like, you know, with Ohio State, at least you got two guys you know one can be a starter. They've got like four guys at Alabama, and they don't even know if one can be a starter. So different situation down there. Uh, I still think they'll win like 10 games, but I don't think they're in the playoff for the second year in a row. I don't think Clemson gets back. I think the ACC does get a team, though. Florida State is a team that I am really excited to watch. Uh, I just think that, you know, they got an opener against LSU. They had a great game against the Tigers last year. Uh, they had the top-ranked rushing attack in the ACC last year. Uh, Trey Benson is a great running back. And then Jordan Travis is a sneaky Heisman candidate. He's been around forever. I remember watching him when he was at Louisville back in the day. He, he's just so experienced and gotten so much better over the years. That O-line has been fixed up. They added Jeremiah Byers and Casey Roddick in the transfer portal. And I think that defense, Jared Burst, I think, could be a top 10 pick in next year's draft coming off the edge. And Fabian Lovett's great inside. So I think FSU is a definite national title contender. And then as far as Washington is concerned, I think the Pac-12 gets a team in the last year of the, the Pac-12. I hope they do, honestly. Um, I, I just don't trust USC's defense at all. I really don't. I, I think it's hard to repeat the season that Caleb Williams had. I still think he'll be great. I still think he'll be a top five pick. I just don't see it uh, happening in the same way it did last year. And then Oregon, I really like, but that O-line is completely different this year. And Bo Nix had a great season last year, but when you have a four guys to replace in the O-line, it's hard to replicate that kind of success. So I have Washington. I think that they are returning that both their top tackles. Uh, Michael Penix had an awesome season last year. And that defense is supposed to be even better than it was last year. Last year, it just kind of did enough. This year, I think it actually can help them win games and complement that offense. 
By the way, I think Florida State's going to have at least two losses. I think I think they're going to lose to LSU. And the reason I like Texas is I think Texas goes to Alabama the second week of the year, second week of the season, and wins that game. You know, the game it could have won last year. Alabama, as you know, Andy could have had, and that's a good point about Alabama. They 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 were griping about not making a playoff last year, uh, and they could have easily much been closer to four losses last year than they were to be undefeated in the regular season. So, uh, you know, it it seems like Florida State's the boutique, I call it the boutique pick this year. Uh, I am not on that train, but I'm glad you are. Andy, is Florida State your national champion then? Let's run with it, yeah. I mean, (laughs) Mike Norvell, I I actually buy what he's been doing. I I was down there in Tallahassee last year for one of those games. I I think it's real. I do. I think we've seen enough progress the last couple of years. Uh, I, I do think that Ohio State has a shot to win this title this year. I just think I need to see a little bit more. Um, talk to me like four weeks into the season. I could be all on board for Ohio State. I think that it's totally possible. Uh, right now, I'm going a little bit outside the box here with Florida State. Fellas, uh, if you want to go to the playoff game opposite of Ohio State, because um, you both have Ohio State in your playoff, but there's another playoff game. You're going to be at the Ohio State game, um, I would assume, for the, the college football playoff if they make it. The other college football playoff semifinal, you'll, you, if you want to go, you'll have to get tickets. And if you need tickets, you should go to Game Time, the Game Time app or GameTime.co, the best place to buy tickets on the market. Uh, if you find if you buy a ticket on Game Time and you find a cheaper ticket in the same row, the same general area on a competitor's website, Game Time will refund you the difference up to 110%. I think that is the absolute best part of this app, the Game Time app and GameTime.co. We don't buy a lot of tickets, fellas, but I know Tim is getting ready for that little baby concert on Saturday uh, at Nationwide Arena. And when he goes, he's going to get go there because he went to Game Time and used the promo code Buckeyes when he checked out. And that gave him $20 off. It made him be able to afford... Uh, a second ticket to little baby, he and his wife. I'm sure they're going to enjoy the night at nationwide arena. Uh, game I've time. already got my diaper. I've already got my diaper on a stick. I'm going to be holding up. Okay. There we baby. go. Game for time. Baby. You know, remember though, terms apply, terms apply to these guarantees and stuff and these, uh, but uh, you're right. I mean, game time.co is more and more becoming the, the, the place to go. Yeah, the GameTime app, GameTime.co, use the promo code Buckeyes for $20 off your first purchase, and they will price, they will match the difference up to 110% uh, competitors' cheaper ticket. But of course, like Tim said, terms apply. Now I can get into my playoff picks, fellas. Um, okay, so I think Georgia is going to make the playoff, but I don't think this Georgia team can win a national is going to win a national championship. It can, but I think the injury to Branson Robinson from yesterday that news is is a little bigger than people are giving it credit for Uh, agree that's a good player uh and now you're putting Carson Beck in a situation where he's got to do some things that maybe he wasn't going to have to do um and a lot of people can key on Brock Bowers I'm not crazy about this Georgia wide receiver room even though they've got the SEC's two leading receivers from a year ago that transferred in uh it's funny how those things happen they just you know entered the portal and just happened to end up in Athens uh so I think Georgia's going to make the college football playoff uh, I do have Ohio State in the college football playoff because of the things that I talked about in my bold predictions. I don't think there's much more to explain. Um, I am going to go with with Oregon in my college football playoff. I understand the offensive line issues, but Washington just lost its leading rusher for the year. Uh, I have absolutely zero and a half trust for a Lincoln Riley defense and Alex Grinch defense. I've seen this movie before. You can have all the quarterback play you want. Somebody's going to bite you. 
Uh, I think that team can be Bo Nix. It can be Oregon. Uh, I think Oregon's got the, the juice uh, up front with Dan Lanning. I like that that program. I like that defense heading into the Big Ten next year. And then my fourth college football playoff team, and this is going to send a lot of people for a loop because I don't trust this man whatsoever, but I think this team is good enough. I think the number four seed in the college football playoff will be the Penn State Nittany Lions. I think this team, if you have a win against a Power 5 team on your schedule that's not in the Big Ten, and you talk about they're going to play West Virginia, a bad West Virginia team, but they're going to win that game. They've got they've got a game against Iowa, who I think Iowa is going to win the Big Ten West. Iowa comes to State College. The Michigan Wolverines come to State College. You got that's a night game. That's that's going to be possibly a night game. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. It's not easy to play there, and that defense can get to JJ McCarthy. I think the advantage Ohio State has over Penn State is that game is in Columbus. Like I said earlier in the show, I don't trust James Franklin in Columbus, but I do trust him over. Uh, Jim Harbaugh in those matchups because when Michigan goes to Penn State it's a, a lot of times it is not an easy task for Michigan it's just historically not been a great place for Michigan so Penn State with that schedule all it takes is 11 and 1 because you'll have the win over Michigan on your resume you'll have another power five win you'll have the win over Iowa on your resume I I like this Penn State team enough to get them there at 11 and 1 and give three 2024 Big Ten teams a playoff nod with with Oregon going in. Uh, And then I hate to do this. Uh, I said it's going to be hard for Michigan to three-peat in the Big Ten. I think it's almost impossible to three-peat in the modern college football era. If I had a better grasp of who Ohio State's quarterback was, I think I would probably pick Ohio State to win the national championship. I'm going to play it. No, I can't. I can't. I was going to play it safe and go with Georgia. I can't do that, though. I think if Ryan Day got another crack at Kirby Smart, he would he would knock the door down. Oh, yeah. I I, oh, yeah. I, I don't think that he's going to lose to Kirby again. Well, he could, but I don't think it would happen in back-to-back years. And I think Georgia has enough to replace. I think Mar- if you put Marvin Harrison Jr. against – if you put one Marvin Harrison Jr. against all 11 Georgia defenders, I think he's going to find a way to win. I think he would be that angry to play Georgia. Um, so, sure, party Columbus. Uh, it's been 10 years now since Ohio State won a national so, 10 seasons since 10, no, ninth. Ohio what, State needs a national title. Ryan Day needs one. So so without any other explanations in between, what's your final four? Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, and Penn State. Do you realize that we three, we three bold predictors, have three different teams from the Pac-12 advancing to the college football playoff? When is the last time the Pac-12 had a team in the college football playoffs? <laughs> 2016, and it was Washington, and that team yeah. was formidable against an Alabama team that was really, really good. I know, but it's crazy in their final year. We've got three different teams that we think are capable of moving to the college football playoff. I think that's remarkable. I think that's quite bold. Hey, Oregon State's got a shot, too. It's like not out of the question. You've been listening to Tristan Jebby way too much, but go ahead, Andy. <laughs> no, it's 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 possible. Go Bees. No, I, I think it actually is. I think it would be cool for the league to get a, a shot of the, the college football playoff in its final year. I mean, they were good when 2014, when it started up, you had Oregon, I think, was in that, that first year, right, in 2014. Yeah. So it would just be nice to kind of wrap a bow on that. I do think it's a shame that the league is turning into what it's going to be, which is probably non-existent at some point in the near future. Um, but I do think it's interesting. Spencer was the only one of us to, I think, pick two teams from the same league, uh, which, of course, we saw last year happen with the Big Ten. 
that would be interesting to see if it happened again with the Big Ten and this time Penn State and Ohio State instead of Penn, uh, Michigan and Ohio State. I was trying to look at the schedules and see if there was a way in which Michigan and Ohio State could both make the 14 playoff this year. It just like didn't compute for me. Like it, it didn't seem possible this time around, but we also thought it wasn't possible last year. And then USC, you know, did everyone in the country kind of a favor by losing to Utah again. Yeah. Pac-12 title game. Um, yeah. So you never. Williams got, yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I just, I, if Ohio state's going to beat Michigan, Michigan can't get into playoff. The, the schedule's not there. If Michigan yeah. beats Ohio state and wins the big 10 and Ohio state has wins over everyone else, I think it's a two team, two bid league with Michigan and Ohio state, because that would mean that Penn state would have the two losses. I, there's not a scenario for me in which Michigan loses to either one of Penn state or Ohio state and gets in the college football playoff without winning the big 10. It, I, I don't see yeah. it unless there's another schedule out there. I don't see it because of the, the putrid schedule that Michigan's going to go through up until it gets to that Penn state game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's bold predictions. That's college. No, but it's, it's really interesting because I picked Texas because I think that I agree with urban Meyer. I think this is the best Texas team in a while. It's stacked. It's the last year of the Big 12 as we know it, you know, uh, with the Big 12 getting uh, – uh, actually, it's not even the last year of the Big 12 as we know it. It's kind of like messed up anyway already. But uh, uh, I just – you know, I, I, the Penn State thing to me is the boldest of the predictions in this group. No offense, Andy. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm i just I'm just curious whether the committee is going to go with two Big Ten teams in exactly the same scenario, but not really. You know what I mean? Because uh, Penn State, like you said, is going to have one loss to Ohio State in your schedule, right, uh, Spence? And then they're going to hang on Sloopy the rest of the year and hope have to hope nobody else makes a big run like a Texas, like a Washington, uh, like an Oregon, like a USC. Uh, it's Stranger things have happened. They happened last year. But I think Penn State's the boldest of these picks. Well, good good news for all of us, Tim, is that Texas is going to lose like three games to lesser opponents that it shouldn't do, and then we'll be talking about Texas as a playoff team again next year. It's all they got to do. It's just like last year when I was saying about Ohio State; it almost came true. They they've got to be twenty five or thirty percent better on defense. That's what they got to be from, from a year ago, and I think they run the table. And uh, and the same thing with uh you know uh, looking at it, I just it's just an interesting year because. You, you look at Georgia and, you know, Georgia was just close to getting beat by Missouri. So last year, so you never know what's going to happen. It's just cool to throw these bold predictions out there. That's why we do them, Tim, the boldest of them all. Uh, we will revisit these in December. I think that would be a really fun uh, look back show. <laughs> uh, I will make sure to bookmark this and Letterman Row fans, make sure to hold us accountable to these. Uh, it would be fun to finally maybe uh, talk about the bold predictions in hindsight and be able to track them a little bit. Who was closest, who wasn't, uh, maybe a little bit of bragging rights. Maybe we'll have to put even like a steak dinner or something, maybe a case of beer on the line for it. But we'll discuss that uh, in off the camera settings. Uh, but for now, we're going to get back to work at the Letterman Lounge and the message board where Andy and I chat with, with subscribers every single day. Tim made the 40-year bet. Go check out his podcast. We'll be at LettermanRow.com breaking down the Buckeyes in the lead up to next Saturday. We are officially one week away from kickoff. Finally, talking season coming to a close. Kickoff just a few short days away. For the 40-year bet, Tim May, who will be in Bloomington with us next week. For Andy Backstrom, who will be there alongside me, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the latest and first installment of the season of Bold Predictions. We will see you guys back Letterman Row next time.